Welcome to Giant Cocktails, a podcast where lifelong fans talk about the San Francisco Giants while drinking homemade cocktails. And now, here's your hosts, Ben and Matthew Henry. Welcome back to another episode. No. A special episode of Giant Cocktails. I am your host, Carlos Henry, alongside my brother and co-host, Carlos Henry. How are you doing, Carlos? Yo soy muy bien, gracias. <laughs> soy Yo muy también. rico, muy rico. <laughs> muy, sí. Tú tienes muchos dólares. Tengo ¿Dólares? mucho dinero. Sí. <laughs> Millones. Uh, oh. You know what, Matthew? I uh, I got. I'm gonna, first of all, I have to. I have to apologize to all of our listeners, listeners, because I'm drunk. Why is that? Because <laughs> because because even though even though we're recording a night early. On a Tuesday, we actually recorded a whole episode already, and uh, and I made the cocktail that I promised to make last week. I made a zombie, which comes with four ounces of alcohol, but actually, because it has one fifty one in it, has five ounces of alcohol in it, and I drank the whole thing, Matthew. And then we get off, we finish our podcast. I go to I go to start editing and check Twitter, and bam. Carlos Correa signing uh, with the San Francisco Giants, which basically made that whole hour podcast that we just recorded moot. I'm not going to lie, folks. I got pretty angry. Yeah, maybe, I, maybe, I, maybe we'll pull back the curtain on that podcast later in the week. Maybe we'll just release it. Uh, maybe we won't. Maybe we'll just have a lost episode. Uh, I mean, you'll just have to watch the feed. I said some things. <laughs> I said some things that were clearly wrong. <laughs> Oh man, I'm uh, I'm glad you were wrong though. I'm glad you. Were oh wrong. man, I'm glad I was wrong too. And and maybe we will release that episode at some point because at the end we did hedge our bets, Matthew. We did say, hey, you know what? All of this is moot if they sign Carlos Correa. And at the time we were in a pretty dark place, and I I think it felt like it was just literally not going to happen. That that was the least likely thing that was going to happen in the entire universe. And little did we know it had already happened. You know, we we were recording that episode and uh, and here we are. We're back for episode two. Uh, I I'm still going to talk about my zombie, I think, as my cocktail. But I didn't make another one because, folks, I, 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 I will do a lot of things for you all, but I'm not going to get blackout drunk for you. <laughs> I, you know, I, That's I, probably I a good only call. I'll only do that for a few people. And under a few different circumstances, and um, you know, and, you know, that's just that's just the way it rolls. But I do have a new cocktail because it's we're celebrating, we're Woo-hoo. celebrating. Woo-hoo. But before we start celebrating, Matthew, I have a question for you. Of course. And I've been meaning to ask you this for quite a while now. Who is your favorite JoJo, and why is it Jotaro? Oh. I was going to go with Jojo Siwa. <laughs> she is not she is not part of the Joe Star family. <laughs> yeah, but she uh, she's she was courageous. She came out in a time when it wasn't very convenient for her. She's a role model, Ben, a role model to my daughters and to girls everywhere, kids everywhere. Jojo well, Siwa is my favorite Jojo. Well, Jotaro has a hat that might be his hair. Okay, I'm listening. <laughs> well, and and you know, I, I mean, I, I think a lot of people might say that, uh, um, what what is his name? Uh, Giorno is the best. Uh, but but uh, or they might be old school, and they might say that um, that old granddad. What's his name? Uh, Joseph is the greatest 
but me, I'm a Jotaro fan. Jotaro all the way. All right. I have no idea what you're talking about, but okay. Well, I'm talking about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, and uh, this is kind of a bizarre adventure we're on. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think, um, well, Bob, no, well, so, sorry, sorry. Today is Tuesday, December 13th, as we record this podcast, um, for the second time. <laughs> <laughs> it's like deja vu all over again. Why are we recording on a Tuesday? Well, now it's because the giant star in Carlos Correo, Correa, Correa, duh. But also because Matthew and I have plans on 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 Wednesday during our normal recording time, and so so we can't be there, which is which is how we did our now lost episode. Um, but yes, today is a Tuesday, December thirteenth, as we record this podcast. Uh, the Giants have pulled their horrific, um, uh, absolutely terrible off season uh, out of the gutter. And have snatched defeat, sorry, snatched victory from the jaws of defeat by signing Carlos Correa? You mean Ross Stripling and Sean Manea? <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, I'm sorry, that's the know, show notes from last time. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. Farhan's got a Farhan. He can't, he can't help it, Matthew. <laughs> he can't help it. He was like, he was in the store. And the show, and the guy was like, "Have you seen our Carlos Correa?" Right, and he was all it's, in on the Carlos Correa, but then yeah, you, know, you look at the bargain bin on the way yeah, out to the register. Uh, yeah, he saw that bargain bin, and he was like, "And and next thing you know, his feet are kicking in the air because he has d- d- dived completely into it." I think the correct one is Dovided. Dovided. He did completely into the bin, and he came up with one Sean Manea and one Ross Stripling. Yeah, and was like, "I'll take these two. <laughs> I, I I picture it myself as like he's at TJ Maxx and he's already bought like the 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 big piece of luggage that he came in for, you know. And then as he's going through the aisle, dragging his his expensive luggage, he he that that aisle of temptation that they have uh, as you're going towards the cash register because you don't just do a straight shot; you go down and back, and and there's like you know there's like every cord that you could imagine for your phone. There's like chargers and sweet smelling salts and 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 all of that. And then right at the end, he saw a manea and a stripling, and he's like, "I gotta have those." And then he yeah. brought them up to the register. And and the guy was like the, ringing up the the luggage first, and then he was like, "Wow, man, that's expensive. That's three hundred fifty million. And then and then he runs the barcode on the Manea, and it comes up two years, twenty five million. And then couldn't find a barcode for 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 uh, Stripling. So so what does he do? You know, he just says, "I'm just going to charge you the same that I charged that's the right. Manea dude." And there and and <laughs> he's like, "All right." And uh, and that's how I picture it all happening. <laughs> Oh, well, so that's what the Giants have done in the last six days, in the last six hours. Uh, But anyway, Bob, hit me. What are you drinking, Ben? Well, Bob, right now I'm drinking a daiquiri. (laughs) Uh, Because uh, technically it's a cinnamon daiquiri. uh, Because I already drank the cocktail that I promised everybody I was going to make. Which was a zombie. And I, I promised the, the listeners that I was going to make a zombie, mainly because I was just tired of making the planter's punches. And uh, I know some of the listeners had said they were tired of the planter's punches, but you know what? I, I do what I do because I want to. I don't I don't care what you listeners want. Okay? <laughs> I, I do what I do because I do it. But please come back. I, yeah, I don't, I don't know what I'm saying. Anyway, He's I'm drunk. drunk remember, He's drunk. I'm yes. drunk. Anyway, so I, 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 so the zombie is is one of the, you know, it's one of the pantheon, if you will, of the tiki cocktails. Uh, and so, uh, so I'm going to talk about that one. Uh, and that cocktail uh, comes with a, um, well, first of all, it has a three quarters of an ounce of lime juice. Uh, and then, uh, and then it has something in it called Don's Mix, which is, uh, in this particular case, a quarter ounce of grapefruit juice and, um, a quarter of an ounce of cinnamon syrup. And I've actually made cinnamon syrup and I've talked about it in the last two shows. So if you're really curious about how I did that, you can go back and listen to those two episodes, you know, or you could just look it up online. It's super simple. 
and then uh, on top of that, there is half an ounce of grenadine. Uh, and then, then we get to the good stuff. You follow that up with a half an ounce of falernum. Falernum, right? Close enough. Yeah. Yeah. Falernum. Uh, half an ounce of falernum, which is a, it's, it's a, it's, it's a liqueur, a Caribbean liqueur that has kind of a lot of different, uh, spices and fruity flavors to it. In theory, you could make it yourself, but really just buy it. Um, it can come with alcohol or without in this particular case, I am using a liqueur version of it. Uh, so half an ounce of that followed up with one and a half ounces of aged rum, um, an aged Puerto Rican rum, or maybe a Demerara rum or, or something of that nature. And then follow that up with a one and a half ounces of pot distilled rum, you know, maybe Jamaican and uh, and uh, Matthew, that would seem like it's enough, right? That's Plenty. three ounces of rum. Plenty. Plus, plus half an ounce of falernum. Plenty to get you nice and buzzed. Yeah, we're not done yet, though, because this is a zombie we're making. And uh, so you follow all of that up with an ounce of 151 dark rum. Oh! Yes, which... Uh, so for those of you who don't know, and I'm sure all of you do, 151, of course, is the proof of the rum, which means that this is 75% alcohol. Uh, so effectively, that's almost like two shots and sorry, two ounces and one. So really, this is like a five and a half ounce alcohol beverage, uh, which I had did consume about an hour ago, and I'm still feeling the effects of. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, you top that all off with a couple of dashes of, of amps. Anth- I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> this, you're probably going to get a I'm little less of this I'm now. You top that off with a couple of dashes of absinthe or another anise flavoring. Um, in, in all of the recipes that I saw, and there are many recipes of this uh, out there, um, they use different brand names. Uh, of different absinthe or, or anise flavored um, uh, liqueurs or, or whatnot. Uh, in this particular case, I'm actually using St. George absinthe. And uh, and that's it. And, um, you know, it actually is a very classic uh, flavoring. It kind of has this pineapple-y flavor to it once you let all of those flavors marry together. Uh, oh, by the way, I shook that on ice and then strained it into a, a glass with, uh, with crushed ice. There is actually something out there called a zombie glass that you can get for this particular cocktail. Um, but it effectively is the same thing as a, as a highball or a um, Collins glass, something of that nature. Tall and narrow, and uh, it 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 has a very very classic, deep, rich, um, tiki flavors to it. Um, you really feel the effects of this pretty early on in the first two or three sips, um, and then you're pretty much set for the night. Uh, legend has it that its name comes from the fact that it turns you into zombies. I was kind of using it because it kind of felt like how the giants off season was going just like an ambling zombie that had no direction and was just moaning and you know trying to make everybody feel scared but no it wasn't it wasn't you know it was like brains <laughs> and 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 but nobody was like dude everybody was like dude you're too slow we're going to sign with the Yankees we're going to sign with the Mets um you know we're going to sign with the Phillies <laughs> because Philadelphia is where we want to live <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't explain it either. But yeah, I mean, he, that that guy's a weird nut. He's a weird nut, anyway. You know, we were never gonna let, let's face it, we were never gonna get Trey. This is a weird nut. Uh, anyway, so that's the zombie. There you have it. All right. Well, I I feel like uh, we're we're in for an adventure over the you know this next uh, however long it takes us to to do this podcast because I don't think we've ever gone into a podcast this. Uh, this this inebriated uh and uh listeners you'll be better for it i think so yes buckle in um bob hit me up what are you drinking matthew well it just so happened by by circumstance uh that i had elected for our 80th episode to do uh a puerto rican cocktail a christmas cocktail called coquito 
And uh, some call it the Puerto Rican eggnog. There's no egg in it, but it's similar in texture to an eggnog, so I could see why uh, that would be the case. Uh, and then when we got news of Carlos Correa signing, I, I, I quickly thought, well, I need to come up with a different cocktail until I remembered that Carlos Correa is from Puerto Rico. So we're sticking with the coquito. We're we are honoring we are honoring Mr. Correa with uh, the coquito tonight, uh, our Puerto Rican eggnog. And how you make that is first you got to make the coquito base without the alcohol. So you're gonna you're gonna use a, a can of a 12 ounce can of evaporated milk, a 14 ounce can of sweetened condensed milk, a 15 ounce can of cream of coconut. Now the tradition is Coco Lopez. And Coco Lopez is a sweeter uh, cream of coconut. I did also make it with uh, with just regular cream of coconut, and that worked fine too. It wasn't as sweet as uh, as the other one, but still sweet. So if you're not really wanting a a really sweet cocktail, then maybe just a normal cream of coconut uh, that you get uh, rather than the Coco Lopez, because Coco Lopez does have added sugar to it. So you're going to add all those to a saucepan, throw in like five cinnamon sticks, a teaspoon of vanilla extract, and an eighth of a teaspoon of freshly grated nutmeg, and and then let that come to a a simmer, Uh, but not a boil because you don't want to like ruin the, you don't want to scorch the milk, but you're going to come to a nice, heat it up to where it's nice and hot, and then turn it off and then let it cool. And once it's cooled, the cinnamon and the nutmeg and the vanilla will have kind of infused into the drink and it creates a nice base. And you put that into like a large jar or a large uh, you know, vessel and put that in the fridge and chill it. And then when you're ready, you take that out, you put three ounces of that into a rocks glass and you add an ounce and a half of rum, preferably Puerto Rican rum. Nothing wrong with some Bacardi Gold, for example. Uh, and, uh, and then you add an... I took a half an ounce of the allspice liqueur that I used for last week's winter cocktail and added that half ounce of the allspice liqueur. And that created a little bit more of a Christmassy kind of a, a vibe to it. And uh, and then garnished it with a little more freshly grated uh, nutmeg and a cinnamon stick. And just nice sipping cocktail around the fire. Uh, you know, maybe maybe it's when you're wrapping gifts for the kids, or or the kids have gone to bed and you're just enjoying the Christmas tree. Or maybe you don't have kids and you just say, "Screw it, I want a stiff drink." Well, this will do. And uh, so I am bringing the coquito land uh, from from Puerto Rico, where uh, <laughs> from Puerto Rico. I don't know why I said that like I like I was from like Wisconsin. Um, from Puerto Rico. And uh, just like our friend Carlos Correa. So, cheers, Ben. Cheers. Or, or maybe from Minnesota, just like our friend. Oh, see, that would have been Carlos better. Correa. That would have been better. Yeah. yeah. And I, I chose yeah. Wisconsin because I know we have no listeners from there. And I was safe. But uh, but but Minnesota would have been just as good. Yeah. It's true. We can see we can see roughly what uh, region people are downloading us. And nobody's downloading us in Wisconsin. Exactly. We, we, we have listeners in China. But not in Wisconsin. Can understand. Now, I don't know how that works. <laughs> uh, also, Matthew, I want to commend you on correctly using the word vessel. Oh, yeah, yeah. Thank you. you uh, yeah, you recommended that people store it in a vessel and then put it in their their refrigerator. I did. That was nice. I enjoyed that. Uh, uh, that actually sounds like a very lovely holiday cocktail with or without the allspice liqueur. Um, That's true. You don't need the it, traditionally. It doesn't have the allspice liqueur. I added it in there with a, for a little bit more allspice punch. Uh, but mm-hmm. traditionally, it's just the rum, and that's just a fine cocktail in itself. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, just uh, as a note, um, I, I think Matthew mentioned this, but you want to make sure that you're doing cream of coconut, not coconut cream. These are two different things. Uh, cream of coconut has sugar in it. Coconut cream is stupid. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, 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 and uh, anyway, lovely cocktail, Matthew, and I love that it had that Puerto Rican theme. That's because, right. Because um, I hear Mitch uh, Hanniger loves all things Puerto Rico. So let's talk Mitch. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's talk Mitch. Uh, let's talk um, whatever his name is, Sable. That's right. Uh, That's what everybody's coming for, right? They want to 
hear all about our Rule Five draftee Sable, and maybe maybe we'll, man, some some Manea and Stripling kind of questions. Uh, as, oh yeah, they're definitely here for the Manea and Stripling content, Matthew. That is why we're recording our second episode of the night. <laughs> we didn't. We felt like the Manea and Stripling treatment uh, in our first episode was not up to our usual standard of quality. But really, that wasn't our fault. I mean, you know, I, I feel we like I feel like Manet and Stripling weren't up to our usual standard. Yeah, you know, standard of quality. Well, they were they 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 were up to Farhan's usual standard of quality. They were bargains. <laughs> and we were bitter uh, in that episode, guys. We were bitter. So. We were bitter. You know what? I'm still gonna be a little bit bitter. I mean, like you know, come on, like. <sighs> All right, but we're you bearing know, we're bearing the lead here. We we need to. We are burying the lead. Uh, I mean, the only reason that that we're recording this podcast again is Carlos Correa. 13 years, $350 million. Matthew, um, we're already old men. Um, I'm going to be 59 years old when this contract runs out. I will you still need me? Will you still feed me when I'm 64? <laughs> I mean, I, I was I I had two very young children 13 years ago, mm-hmm. right? I mean, this is like a, a generation of time. It's mind-boggling. Uh, didn't you you told me ahead of this the show that like this ties the record for longest contract ever? Yeah, with Bryce Harper. So Bryce uh, Harper was 13 years. Yeah. So ties us so <sighs> with the, the longest contract in Major League Baseball history. Wow. Who knew wow. that you Farhan know, had that in him? I didn't. I didn't believe it. I didn't believe that Farhan had anything like this in him. I, I, this feels like this is clearly an overreach. Obviously, 40, to, <laughs> signing a person when he's 28 years old to until he's 41 is definitely an overreach. There's there's no other way to describe it. The AAV actually seems actually very reasonable. Which which I think actually makes that 13 years more more uh palatable, right? I mean, sure. I at 20 under 27 million a year, uh especially in 13 years, that's going to be nothing. That's going to be right. like you know that's gonna that's gonna be entry level kind of. Money. I mean that's a good point. That's a good point because I think the main thing that is really shocking about this contract is the thirteen years, right? And, and that is just like a place that I felt like the Giants just would not go. And by the Giants, I mean Farhan. I just felt like Farhan would not go there. Um, but but more credit to them. This was the one player remaining that they had to get. They had to get. I mean Matthew, we just recorded a podcast. Folks, I went fire and brimstone. I roasted Farhan because of what they had not accomplished in this offseason. And I was operating under the assumption that they would not close Carlos Correa because they because I didn't believe they had the ability or the 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 courage to to do what it, they needed to do to make all other teams say we're done and and overcome all of whatever the other obstacles are that prevent you know um, high profile free agents from signing with the San Francisco Giants I just didn't believe they had it in them and and I I obviously I was very very wrong thankfully thankfully I'm wrong. But I think the big thing here, again, is the 13 years. And as you're saying, Matthew, um, when you really think about it, $350 million spread out over that long of a period is only $27 million AAV only, he says. <laughs> Please, I'll take, I'll take one-tenth of that just one time. Um, I'll, I'll take one one-hundredth of that. Um, but, but yeah, like, what is $27 million going to be worth 13 years from now? Well, to give you to give you a sense, thir- thir- in 2010, which I guess was what 12 years ago, the Giants' entire payroll was 98 million. So you kind of and and so you look. That was at that, 10 years. That was that was 12 years was ago. 12 98 years ago. million, 27 million dollars is a quarter of that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. More than a quarter of that. Yeah. Slightly more than a quarter of that, but there's still a lot of payroll left to to, to play a lot of other guys, right? Like this is a trim like. I, I feel like this is actually a great value for the Giants, 
right? Yeah, I mean, when he gets into years 35 plus, that might start feeling like dead money, but it's going to be dead, you know, 2030 money. My God. 2030? <laughs> that's like, that's like, that's like sci-fi movie future. Uh, that I can't even, that that's mind boggling. But anyway, when we get to 2029 or 2030, uh, this might be dead money, but it's going to be $27 million of that year's money. It's not going to be that big of an impact uh, on the payroll. I, I'm super psyched about this. Absolutely. I, I, I think it's, uh, I'm not even afraid of those last year's contracts. Uh, the, you know, the last three or four years, I feel like, uh, first of all, there's no guarantee that, you know, I mean, well, I mean, he doesn't have to finish his contract, right? I mean, he's 40 years old. Maybe he retires with a couple of years left on there. But but sure. even if he doesn't, you know, uh, the, the worst problem they'll have is it takes up a roster spot of an aging player. But but or maybe they just pay him, to, uh, you know, and buy him out. But at that point, uh, because they could because they could. They could. And uh, it's it's not that big of a of a number where they couldn't do that. Well, uh, I mean, they can always they can always. I mean, I don't they don't have to keep him on the roster. Exactly. They can just pay him to not be on the roster. Right. right. And 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 I think that the point is is that like if you're worried about this kind of money, 27 million dollars 13 years from now is not going to be the same as 27 million dollars today. And and it and it's not going to feel like that big uh of a payment. Well, if you if you do the math in the reverse, it's like 6 and a half million dollars today. This is a good question, though, Matthew. Will Bobby Bonilla still be receiving payments from the Mets? God, I hope so. When Carlos Correa's contract is up? I hope so. I hope that man keeps getting paid free time. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, I mean, this actually feels like I feel I, I feel like there's room more. There's We have room for another Carlos, I feel like. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. We. We're not even close. I don't. I think this brings us up to uh, like 150 million, 160 million right now, which isn't even what we were spending on payroll prior to the pandemic. You know, you and I in previous episodes have talked about the 200 million mark being, um, you know, somewhere where the giants should be, and uh, you know, the luxury tax threshold is 233 million. So they've got a long ways for that. Uh, so there is a long ways to go. The giants absolutely. Uh, should be in on Carlos Rodon, regardless of all these like mid mid level starters that they've accumulated. Uh, I think for no other reason than you know that there might be opportunities for trades and and things like that. So yeah, no, they they're in on everybody right now, and they should be. And getting someone like Carlos Correa only strengthens their case now with others because because he broke the seal. You know, he yeah. he basically said, yes, it's cool to come to the Giants as a big time free agent. And I think that's only got to help uh, going forward with alluring other luring other uh, uh, free agents. Right. I, I that's absolutely a great point. This makes the Giants a place that you want to play if you want to win. Right. Because with Hanniger, when they signed Hanniger, they went from an 81 win team to probably like an 83, 84 win team. Now you add Correa, and they're in the high 80s, okay? Yeah. And and that makes this team a, you know, a second-place wildcard team. Maybe, you know, I mean, I, in this division, it's hard to say that they're going to win the division with this roster. I, I, I don't I, – I don't – I think the Dodgers are still the favorites, and um, and the Padres are, are obviously the, the runners-up. But, you know, the Padres – the Padres finally didn't Padre this year, but, you know – I, I, I think it, it, the proof is only uh, they got to follow that up with one more good year before before we all feel like they're not the Padres. Agreed. And uh, and so like they you know they they could compete for the division, right? It's not outside of the realm of possibility. But let's face it, this is probably a second wild card team at this point. But the point is, they have a major marquee player now. Carlos Rodon knows the Giants. He. You know, he's mentioned many times that he would love to come back to the Giants. I think the only thing he thinks that he's not going to is because they don't want to show him the money. But now they're saying like, hey, you know, we'll show you the money. I, I think he's commanding like a seven-year commitment. I, the number I've heard thrown around is six years. Uh, okay. But still, I mean, for a guy with only one proven year of 
you know, of healthy season, uh, six years is a, is a risk. It, it is. Uh, but, you know, he had a great year for the Giants, and there's no right. reason to believe that he can't, can't do that again. Well, and we did talk about Stripling and Manea a little bit, but that's a lot of starting pitching now, which is great. I, I'm glad that the Giants have starting pitching depth. Like we made, we make. First of all, I'm sure Sean Manea and 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 Ross Stripling are fine, upstanding young men, who who don't deserve, you know, two old men sitting in their closets dumping on them. <laughs> but you all get where we're coming from, You've right? Two like drunk old men. Yeah, two drunk old men sitting in their closets dumping on them. But everybody kind of understands where we're coming from here, right? Like these guys are bargain. These are bargain basement deals. These are two guys who are coming in who who they're th- these are prove it contracts, right? If they don't prove it, they get a lot of they get a twenty five million dollars guaranteed. If they do prove it, they can probably parlay these contracts into, you know, I think for both of these guys, maybe three to four year contracts next year, um, and make a lot more money than twenty five million dollars. Um, so so these are good contracts for them. But what they also do is they add a lot of depth to the Giants starting uh, starting starting pitching rotation. But do they now have too much depth? Is there too are there too many people to sign Rodon? No. Uh for a couple of reasons. One is that I think that you've got guys like well Stripling actually started in Toronto last year in the bullpen and then moved into the rotation when uh with injuries and pitched well out of the rotation, but has traditionally been that kind of guy where he kind of bounces back and forth between the bullpen and the starting rotation. So that role could definitely be there, kind of like the Sammy Long kind of role that we saw last year. Uh, there's been talk that even someone like Alex Wood or someone like that could come in and feel like maybe the Harleen Garcia role uh, as a lefty. Um, so, you know, there's a ways to make the bullpen better while also having that depth in place. You also got Kyle Harrison, who, you know, in AAA that uh, that that Farhan has been saying is is expected early in in 2023. So yeah. so we've got They told us he was going to be part of the rotation. He did. And and so I think with all that considered then what you start looking at as trade opportunities and and you know, so do we go get that center fielder that we need now? You know, through a trade, um, and uh, yeah, I don't know if I would want to give up someone like Kyle Harrison for Brian Reynolds, but uh, that's probably what it would take to get someone like that. Mainly because Brian Reynolds is, uh, you know, an all-star level center fielder who has like three more years of club control, I think, still. So wow. uh, there's a lot of value there, and you'd have to give up a lot to get him. Yeah, and and remember, folks, like like prospects are prospects proven proven players are proven players like a prospect even versus a bench player is not the same value a bench player is more valuable right because a bench player has proven that they can perform at that level at the major league level an all-star is something altogether different uh and so it would probably take something like harrison to get a player of of like reynolds level I, i that I don't want to give up Kyle Harrison for anything, Matthew, but that actually sounds like a trade I would make. <laughs> well, if you got if you got Rodon locked up for six years, and yeah. you know, and, and you got Webb that who they want to extend, right? They'll probably try and buy out some of his arbitration years uh, here shortly, uh, which is also money I guess you got to account for in this this two hundred million dollar <laughs> cap that we're a budget that we've put together for the Giants. Right. Uh, but I also feel like yeah, they've. They've got some room there, and and uh, with Rodon and all that, you bring in someone like Reynolds, who's cheap and good, and still under team control for a while. Uh, what's not to like about that? I, I think I think that makes you a better team now and into the next few into the future. Yeah, you give up a lot, but you know that's what good trades mean. When both sides are hurting a little bit, it's a good trade. Yeah, I mean when you give up, but when you give up Harrison, you're giving up maybe not a sure thing. Right. You know, the irony of all this, of course, is that they gave up uh, Reynolds to get Andrew McCutcheon for maybe not even a whole year, if I recall. Uh, and no, no, it, he started the he started the season with the Giants. Well, I know, but I think they traded him away before the trade deadline that year. I don't think he played a full. Oh season. yeah, n- no, they 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 yes, they they did. <laughs> They did, unfortunately. And so, uh, so yeah. So I think definitely you could say the Pirates won that that trade. Uh, but 
you know, that's that's the game you play. And, and you know, McCutcheon certainly is still playing today. So he's still a, a, a really good a major leaguer. You just don't know if the, the Brian Reynolds of the worlds are going to pan out. And in that case, it did. But and, and Kyle Harrison could be, you know, a really good starting pitcher going forward. But, you know, you got to give up value to get value. Right. I mean, exactly. And, and, and the point is, is that that I mean, signing Carlos Correa changes everything because, it, you know, if they didn't sign him, trading Harrison was really the only thing that the Giants could do to make a serious impact on on their starting roster. Yeah. Right. I mean, that was it. That was all they had left. If they couldn't sign any of these big names, the only way they could make a splash in the offseason was by dealing Harrison. Right. And I mean, look, I I don't think that Farhan Zaidi put himself in a good situation. Now, obviously, they didn't they didn't think that their minor league situation was going to be the situation that it is now. Obviously, they thought it was going to be much better. Right. They didn't they didn't intentionally. It's not like they traded away huge amounts of talent. Right. They've been trying to acquire talent at the minor league level. It just hasn't panned out so far. Um, but I mean, the other than that, like Farhan Zaidi needed to land somebody big this offseason to make the last five years worth it. Right. Right. And and boy, that's why 13 years. That's why $350 million. Because if you don't land any one of those, what were the last five years for of of tearing this roster down uh, to the bare minimum? And um, yeah, but but now now you've got leverage. Now it feels like, OK, maybe we could give up Harrison. I don't think they will. I, I, I don't think they will. At least not yet. You know, uh, I think they're going to go. I, I I think they're going to go into the to the season with what they have. I know they still want another outfielder, but I don't think they're going to want to trade somebody like Harrison. No, and 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 the Giants. If you're a baseball team and you have the choice, and and you can and you ha- you're a team like the Giants and you have the choice of sending uh, of giving up prospects for a player versus just buying them, you know you, you should every time want to buy them right you don't want to give up your resources uh, you know your 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 future you know for uh for someone that you could just pay for it and so the giants are in a position where they can pay and they, they should be using their money rather than their 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 prospects right now yeah okay so matthew yeah i don't know if you know this but carlos correa plays the position known as shortstop. Oh yeah, I did hear that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's actually it's actually probably the most important position uh, other than pitcher on the defensive side, right? I mean, maybe center field or catcher. Maybe catcher. Yeah. But oh, wait, shortstop. Wait, 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 wait. Pretty wait, wait, pretty, wait, pretty wait. important, right? And yeah, he's but... a pretty good shortstop. But we already got a pretty good shortstop. Yeah, that. <laughs> it's going to um, happen to our Brandon, man. It's going to happen. Yeah. Who's played Oof. every inning of his entire major league career at shortstop, I might add. Right. And has been for his entire professional career a San Francisco Giant. And for his entire life, in his heart... Yes. A San Francisco Giant. Yes. I mean, he was at Candlestick holding up, you know, signs saying, don't go, save the Giants please, and all that. Yeah, he is go. Mr. Giants. Yeah. He is he is two time World Series champion, Ben. He's one he's he is the greatest shortstop the the Giants have ever had. Well now say not the San Francisco Giants. The Giants. I <laughs> yeah right. I mean that's it. That yes, you just yes. Yes. Now the that's, second best. Yes. Uh, San Francisco Giants. Short yeah, time. I mean yeah. that you you said it. It's there. It's out there. It's out there. What? what and do I we, say that. I say do? that because I, I mean I love Brandon Brandon Crawford, 
but he's not Carlos Correa, especially at this point in his career. Yeah, I, I feel like I feel like, oh, man, in the last episode, you went on this weird tangent. You really got to listen back to this later. I, I hope you release it one day. You went on this thing about prom dates. Oh, I did. Yeah, you did. And uh, I, well, and folks... you know, I likened I likened Farhan to not being able to to choose <laughs> to get the the best prom dates, kind of like my own. Yeah, his prom proposals yeah. were not working, yeah. and then he got it. Yeah. He got he got the date. He got it. He got it done. Better um, than I but, did. But, Better but than I, I did, Farhan. But I feel like I'm taking a new girl to prom, right? Like I feel like I feel like. You've been dating I, the same girl, girl for a really long time, and then all of a sudden been, you're and, taking a new girl to the prom. And then and and the new girl is all that in a bag of chips. You know what I mean? And 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 my 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 old girl was a girl next door. Hey, you know both of them. You know, they're both great. You know, and and and, and like let's say, hey, hey, you know, like one of them's the football player, and one of them's the. I don't know what's the what 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 other what other guys in high school are cool. Uh, mm, head of the debate team? No, that's a total <laughs> say loser. Dr- drum major. Drum major? Oh no, that was our high school. I don't know. Mm, yeah, uh, captain well, anyway, of the drum squad. There's the, the, uh, yeah, that's it. Sure, <laughs> Matthew. Whatever, whatever. The other guy that girls like. In high school, right? Suddenly, these two guys are staring at each other. And it feels awkward. And we got, we got, we got, don't we have, we have two more years with Brandon? I think we got two more years, No, just, no, no, one more year. One more year. Is it just, is it just one more year? Okay. Yep, yep. So that's one question. And and, and then let's not forget, let's not forget, I I don't, this analogy is going to get real weird. This analogy is going to get already, real weird. It's already so gotten a little stop. weird, but okay. All I'm right, going to stop. So what about Luciano? Yeah. Well, what about Luciano? You know, you know, I like. So maybe he's the one that goes to Pittsburgh for Brian Reynolds. <laughs> maybe. Uh, so, right? yeah. I, or, I mean, or maybe but... he learns how to play second base. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, or know, third base, third... and 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 I think that that's where that's where Brandon's going to end up, right? I mean, I think he's either third base or second base. Uh, yeah. We'll take a little bit getting used to, I think, when we're looking out at the defense and seeing Brandon Crawford either at second base or at third base. Uh, yeah, I I think I don't know with the new shift rules. Uh, I think right now he's probably the best second base option that we have. Maybe Tyro's a little bit more more mobile than he is. Um, I don't know. I don't know that Tyro is. I I Brandon is pretty darn good. Yeah, um, yeah. So I mean, you know, so I guess it just depends on how how much range the guy still has, whether they stick him at third or at second. I mean, um, but but I but clearly those are the two spots they'll end up with third base. They've got some options. I mean they've got they've they've got VR. They've got Flores in a pinch. Uh, uh, Tommy Lastella, I think is still on the freaking roster. So you know <laughs> theoretically that man could play third base. Just, just stop it. I just like saying that just because I know how much you hate him. But uh, he's, he's still on. A, he's still a giant, Ben. Still a giant. And so, but, but having said all that, I mean, it's Brandon Crawford and VR, I, I'm sure still has options and, you know, there's, there's other ways. Of... Well, I mean, I think you go with, you go with Crawford, Estrada and VR and, and you just, you know, just let God sort him out or, or Gabe Kapler, <laughs> as he might call him. Right, right. Um, you know, and, and I don't, I, I think, I think my guess is that Brandon Crawford is the best defensive option at second base and at third base. Like, you know, he was very, very good last year. I mean, I mean, well, I mean, very good relative to the rest of the San Francisco Giants. I think he was slightly above average overall. Uh, we have to go back and look at the numbers. He certainly isn't the same guy that he was, but he is still very, very good. And and I think he is better than Estrada defensively. But Estrada, Tyro can, can hit the long ball, you know, and... And VR can hit the long ball, and I don't know that Crawford is still that guy. So, but I think I think you take those three, and it's kind of mix and match. 
and then it's 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 Wilmer and Lamont uh, Wade Jr. at, at first base. Um, yeah, what what that does is there's not a lot of left-handed out. options on the infield. Uh, so so that's uh, that'll be interesting to see how. Um, well, and but but traditionally Crawford, uh, I don't know about VR, but Crawford hasn't been someone that you would platoon. I mean, he's he's you know he handles right-handers and left-handers uh, well. Uh, so. Maybe it's not an issue, but uh, but I guess we're so conditioned to the Giants having these lefty righty matchups uh, that it just feels like that's an odd. Well, uh, and I think traditionally though they've had a lot of left-handed hitters. Right. I mean, you know, usually in the outfield, but but there has not been a dearth of, of left-handed hitting options. Uh, you know, I mean, Yaz is on the roster. Um, Lamont Wade Jr. is on the roster. Uh, Luis Gonzalez is still available, uh, is still, you know, under their control. Um, and, uh, and Jock. And, and yeah, I, I think, uh, yeah. yeah, Jock Peterson. Right. So, so you gotta, I mean, Jock's gonna, Jock's your everyday DH, I think, or, or he's platooning. I, well, um, and this is how drunk yeah. I am. I totally forgot that Crawford is a left-hander. So never mind. I mean, he's, you know, so okay. this is, uh, <laughs> he he would be the strong side of any platoon anyway. So, um, so uh, yeah. So I I feel like there, there's that's fine. He could platoon. I mean that would be a weird thing with someone like VR against tough left-handers. He could sit uh, Estrada and and VR I think could they're play. just gonna play it how they how it how it goes. You know I I, I think you're penciling in um, Correa every day. I think the other three guys between VR Estrada and Crawford are just, you know, you just see how it goes. Yeah, you know? yeah. Well, they've got those options there, that's for sure. Um, and, uh, but, yeah. and it'll be interesting to see what, what, what Crawford comes out and says in the next few days because, you know, he's going to get asked. It's going to be, uh, or even going into spring training, people are going to be asking him, how does it feel like to have, you know, they, you know and I'm sure he will be the, the, the giant true and through and say all the right things. Uh, but it's probably got to hurt that he's you know got to spend maybe his last season in the Giants at a different different. It's position. a weird place to be. It's a weird place to be, right? I mean, in 2021, he he was setting his career year, and uh, and then he got re-upped for three more years. But at the same time, like I think he knows the writing's on the wall. You know, like Luciano has been looming. Yeah. Um, well, he he's he's getting up there in age. You know, I I, I think. He, you, know, you know the irony. Knew, I think he knew. What's that? The irony of all this is that if Crawford hadn't had such a good year that prompted the re-signing of him, then they go into last year with Carlos Correa as a shortstop option. And they probably could have gotten him for a lot less in a lot fewer years than they ended up getting him this year. Uh, so it's just it's just ironic that that's kind of what, what uh, you know, kind of transpired. Wow. That's why the cookie crumbles. I, I I think, I think Crawford. You know, I mean, I don't know Matthew. I I don't know what it's like to be these guys, right? Like, I mean, relatively young in your life, but but old in your career, and 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 being able to see these things happen, and ultimately know that no matter what you've done, it's always about what you can do in the future. I I, I think he's got to know. Like, I think he always knew that this is his it. This these last this is his last year with the Giants. I think it always was going to be. Yeah. And, um, well, that's, and I think you just, yeah. Yeah. And I think you go into, well, I was just going to say it was, it it was going to be that way before. Right. Maybe he signs up for one more year because, you know, and, and Luciano is, is not taking long enough, you know, it's taking too long or whatever. But, you know, this was the end. And and I think he knew that how he handles that and how he processes it and takes it. I don't know. You know, I mean, I think he'll be very gracious about it. And I think there's a lot of there's room for him on this roster right now. <laughs> oh, totally. You know, yeah. it, it, you know, just it just may not be a shortstop. Right. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. and maybe he retires or maybe he trusts tries to hang on with somebody else. You know, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Well, yeah, the other person who's probably a little upset about all this is Will Clark. Because Will came out this week saying that he didn't feel like that the Giants should be extended, having a long-term contract, give Carlos Correa a long-term contract. And uh, 
then they end up giving him the longest contract in Major League Baseball history. And why did Will think that? Uh, I, I think it was the old school, not a good idea because it handcuffs you in future years kind of thing. But, uh, but you know, that's well, just today's baseball. I don't know. Will. Maybe he's right. Maybe he's right. Look at look at how Farhan has hung on to Tommy Listella. Well, yeah. I, I, I would be surprised if they hang on to him past opening day this year. But, but yes. Uh, and I think, but I think even more so where this, where that, that long-term contract stuff is really shows itself is with pitching, especially starting pitching. And uh, which is why, you know, we've seen these short contracts that Zaidi likes to do because as much as it's maddening that he hasn't gone after these big free agent pitchers, uh, he's probably right. And that most long-term contracts for pitchers don't end well, and uh, so so and the Giants we've we've seen that we've seen the Samarjas and the the Quatos although Quato had a pretty good year this last year with the White Sox <laughs> he did <laughs> um, so you know I just I feel like I could understand where we're coming from on that at the same time if you want talent and you want to assemble a team that can win in the next few years and maybe you got to tack on a few years to. To, that you'll have to eat, and that's what we're looking at with Carlos Rodon. So, um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see how it, how it all works out. But uh, um, bottom line is there's still a lot of money left to go, and the Giants could spend it on a pitcher like, like Rodon. Yeah, for another long-term contract. All right. Have we... Uh, what? Have we exhausted? Yeah, folks. Our... I think we're gonna. Yeah, I mean, we usually we go we go a bit longer, but this is a special episode on a special day, and you know, it's our second episode of the day. Yeah, uh, and you know, so, yeah, I, I still got to edit this and get to bed. So um, that's right. We gotta do that anyway. Uh, thanks for uh, for jumping on with us, uh, listeners. Uh, remember to like and subscribe if you haven't already done so. Uh, give us a. Uh, a shout out on uh, on on your podcast uh, listener of choice. Uh, rate us, review us. That would be wonderful. Tell a and friend. Tell your friends. Tell, tell your friend. friends. Tell your yes, friends. Review you review rate us, but tell your friends about us. That is how we grow the most. Um, if you if you find us amusing and entertaining. Yeah, share us, share us, right. and 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 I will say, uh, seems like that's been happening because our our downloads have been going up really a lot over the last few months. In fact, we've got more listeners now than we did uh, when the season was going, which just shows how much people are starved for yeah. giants uh, giants attention uh, giants content during uh, this crazy free agent period. So yeah, tell your friends in Wisconsin so we can get some listeners. Exactly. Yeah, and uh, and more know. and more people in China too. And I don't yeah. care if they can they can pronounce Puerto Rico or not. I just you know yeah, let, let yeah. them let them come and listen anyway. So anyway, uh, yeah. Also follow us on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Giant Cocktails, where we post our our cocktails. You'll see the zombie and the coquito recipe up there tomorrow. And uh, uh, look forward to to next week, Ben. Um, until then, it's uh, been good uh, chatting with you. We'll see you then. Cheers, my friend. Yeah. Cheers, Matthew. Bye, everybody. Bye. Join us next time for the Giant Cocktails Podcast. Until then, bottoms up. 